Welcome to Scoop with Steve Football. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Scoop with Steve Football. I'm your host, Stephen Clinton. Thanks for tuning in today. I'll be talking about the uh, New York Giants as part of my uh, 2021 NFL preview series. So I'm working through the NFC East right now. So yeah, let's uh, hop right into it with the Giants. So I think that uh, we'll start with the side of the ball that there's uh, more question marks on for the New York Giants, and that's definitely the offense. So uh, we've got Daniel Jones entering his third year as a pro, and uh, the Giants have done a lot to make sure that he's got plenty of weapons around him. Uh, think it's a little more questionable whether the offensive line is really uh, to the standard that they they would like it to be uh, under GM Dave Gettleman. That's been a big talking point from the front office. And uh, when they cut Kevin Zeitler, it really left them with, um, you know, I think that they'll be adequate at all the positions, but they, they definitely don't have any standouts along this, this offensive line. So uh, it's kind of interesting how sometimes uh, the vision for, for what the team will end up looking like doesn't quite end up... Uh, matching the reality, and the Giants are certainly one of those cases. So around Daniel Jones, they brought in uh, Kenny Galladay, uh, along with Kadarius Toney, uh, first-round pick, t- to uh, build out this uh, this cast of weapons, which, you know, th- there are a lot of recognizable names on the uh, Giants' uh, target list, but at the same time, they've had some trouble keeping all these guys healthy and uh, figuring out a really good way to make them work together. So some of the names I'm talking about there are tight end uh, Evan Ingram, who's really kind of a move wide receiver, uh, slot receiver, well, slot receiver who can play outside in Sterling Shepard, but probably at his best in the slot, and then Darius Slayton, who's been a nice find as a sort of a deep uh, intermediate to deep target um, out of the fifth round in, in the 2019 draft class. So Slayton's been a solid player for them, but they're definitely adding some top-end talent with with a Kenny Galladay. Now, Galladay is coming off a difficult year from an injury standpoint and apparently some off-the-field stuff in Detroit, but the year before that, uh, he was spectacular when Matthew Stafford was right, and after Matthew Stafford was injured, the Detroit offense really... Uh, dissolve down to just being we're going to hope that we can throw the ball up to Kenny Galladay four or five times deep down the field and hopefully he comes down with two or three of those and on those drives we darn well better score because we don't have another way to move the football I mean it was a very rudimentary offense around him they were rotating through different backup quarterbacks and Galladay just continued to produce so from the standpoint that this is a guy who you can just put the ball up for deep and, and really trust to go get it um, you know, a true acrobat out there and adjusting to the ball. Um, you know, Galladay could be a huge, uh, huge plus for quarterback Daniel Jones here. It's, uh, you know, I think that getting back to, to Jones himself, I think that what they really need to see is his a step forward in his ability to process the passing game, right? We've seen that Daniel Jones, um, you know, he might not be the quickest runner in the world, but he's got some good build-up speed, and he can, uh, he's got some size as well, so he can run through some tackles. Um, we've seen him break off a couple of very long runs uh, working in, in the option running game. Of course, he tripped on one of them, which is, is not great, but <laughs> at the same time, you see the guy has, you know, the Jets to pull away, and he can knock out explosive runs and he's been a fairly effective quarterback when he's had his legs at his disposal but as we saw last year when he had the hamstring injury when the Giants were in still in the thick of the NFC East race um, he was really limited in what he was able to do and now any quarterback's going to struggle with that sort of injury but some are going to be able to do more from the pocket and and still continue to do some things and Jones uh, really wasn't able to elevate his game that way and I think that you know at the end of the day it comes back to how quickly he's processing the passing game how clearly he's seeing things out there and it'll just be interesting. He's going into his second year with Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator to see uh, where they are in that uh, 
process and if they can scheme up an offense that allows Jones to look a little more comfortable, a little more decisive out there as he's, he's moving through the passing game. So, um, the, there are a couple things that you would hope he'll have a better run game to support him. I mean, the big thing being that Saquon Barkley is going to be back from his, uh, uh, knee injury that ended his season prematurely last year. Uh, Saquon's obviously, you know, as exciting a runner as there is in the NFL, uh, I don't know that there's anybody who pulls off the spectacular run quite as well as he does. He's outstanding, cutting back, doing all sorts of stuff like that. Um, now, at the same time, uh, we're entering the fourth year of his rookie contract, and uh, while his rookie year was uh, spectacular, that Giants team wasn't very good around him, and uh, it's been kind of a tough go of it for Barkley over the, the course of his time in New York. So uh, it's going to be an important year for him, obviously, to show that he's healthy again and get through the season healthy. Um as he's getting into some of the negotiation periods for his second deal. Uh, but you would certainly think that he's going to be able to make a big difference. Um, they also uh, brought in Kyle Rudolph to uh, add to Evan Ingram and Caden Smith and, and Levine Tolaga in the tight end room. Uh, Rudolph has been in the past two years uh, since uh, Gary Kubiak arrived in, in Minnesota. He's really been relegated to an inline blocking role, but uh, Rudolph had before then been a solid red zone threat, um, a really nice post-up target in, in the end zone. So we'll see if he uh, pulls down a few more touchdowns this year than he had in the past. Um, and up front, as I mentioned, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see how this Giants line works out. Um, as I mentioned, I think that Zeitler was really the one um, plus player, uh, standout player that they had on this offensive line. They elected to move on from him. Uh, at left tackle, Andrew Thomas will be back. Uh, Thomas, you know, it, he had a, a difficult acclimation period to the NFL, but I thought that he was, you know, at least adequate by midway through the season and, and was, you know, at least solid on the left side. Uh, last year, they had Shane Lemieux and Will Hernandez competing for the left guard spot while Zeitler made the, made the right guard spot. Uh Either one of those two could probably be lining up at either guard this year. They also added Zach Fulton after he was cut by the Houston Texans. My bet would be that Fulton ends up starting at right guard and either Lemieux or Hernandez uh, ends up as the starter at left guard. Uh, you know, I think that you're hoping to get adequate play out of guys like that. I don't think that at this point we're thinking that Will Hernandez is going to turn into the, you know, mauler uh, front that some hoped he would be when he was drafted at the top of the second round. But um, And then, you know, in the middle, they'll have Nick Gates back, I think, but Gates did a solid job as a as the center throughout last season, um, so he I think that the center is you know there's a good chance that'll be the strongest position on the interior line. Again, don't expect any standouts there. And at uh, at right tackle, it's going to be interesting to see how this sorts out. Uh, Nate Solder uh, may be coming back. Uh, he was a COVID opt out last year. Had had the injury concern the year before. Has just struggled since he signed his contract with the Giants in general. So whether or not he ends up starting at right tackle, or whether or not it's Matt Pert who ends up starting there, um, I don't know that there's the. Giants fans should feel too great about that right tackle position as, as they get into the season, but we'll see how things shake out and uh, perhaps something surprises there. But I, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, there's enough around Daniel Jones to evaluate him and evaluate his progress. Um, and, and a lot of his progress at the end of the day is independent of of the players around him. Uh, certainly, if he can throw the ball deep to Galladay a few times and, and get some easy, uh, explosive plays that way, that's that's going to help. But uh, in terms of evaluating where he is uh, in his craft, you know, he's 
there are going to be other things within what Daniel Jones can control that are going to be more telling than whether or not he's able to connect with Kenny Galladay for the occasional deep ball, uh, at least in my opinion. So uh, flip, flipping over to the defense, you know, we saw last year that if this offense is doing enough, the defense is going to give them a chance to win. I think that the defense really, um, you, you can point to the big men up front and I'll, I'll talk about them first. Uh, you know, you've got Leonard Williams resigned to, to a, deal uh dexter lawrence entering his third uh year if i'm not mistaken of his rookie contract former first round pick so they did uh have dalvin tomlinson move on to the minnesota vikings so they don't have the three uh big stars up front uh but at the same time with leonard williams with uh dexter lawrence and then with adding danny shelton to the mix and already having austin johnson in place they should still be very solid in that three-man front may also get something out of bj hill who joins them um We'll see, uh, but I think that with Williams and Dexter Lawrence, you can expect to have a very stout uh, defensive front. But I really think that where this unit starts and what is kind of the key is the play of James Bradbury at corner. I think that he uh, exceeded all expectations after si signing an expensive contract in free agency. He was coming off a good year with the Panthers, but uh, had the best year of his career last year for the Giants. He was consistently following around the number one receiver. Uh, Bradbury is a guy who, he's got good size. He plays an in-your-face in style at corner, consistently challenges the ball, and his ability to um, really erase some, some very good receivers was critical for this Giants defense. And then around him in the secondary, they've got a really deep safety room with uh, versatile pieces in, in Jabril Peppers, uh, who you know can play a little bit of linebacker, can play... Uh, deep safety. He can come up, play in the box as a safety. They've also got Logan Ryan, who's a former cornerback, who you know is great playing in the slot, can play deep. Um, Julian Love, really solid deep safety. And then they've also got you know 20, 20 first round pick uh, Xavier McKinney, who broke his foot, and then when he came back, it was. Just, difficult to get on the field they found some ways to get him out there as a dime linebacker just to get him some snaps but with the way love ryan and peppers were playing there were just not a whole lot of snaps to come by at the safety position and that was also true of the the slot corner position uh darnay holmes was a uh, the most consistent presence as, as the slot corner but he what his services weren't needed uh nearly as much as they are on some other teams because this giants defense liked playing that you know three safety look as a nickel package um at the other corner on the outside uh they They've added a Dory Jackson, who a Dory, um, you know, he's an undersized corner, uh, but he's got great wheels. So in, in the correct matchup, when he's right, he can be a, a strong cornerback. Uh, Tennessee moved on to, from him after some injury concerns. Uh, and it's going to be interesting. Isaac Yadam filled the outside corner spot opposite Bradbury last year. And I thought Yadam played fairly solid, but he was also the weak point in that secondary. So Adore could definitely be an upgrade on him. It'll be interesting to see. They used a third round pick on Aaron Robinson. Uh, what what he looks like, how he fits into the secondary, but they've got a lot of depth, a lot of options in the back end of that defense, and I think that they'll continue to be a, a tough group to play against uh, under defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, who did a lot of lot of nice things um, in a defense that's somewhat unconventional. And part of the reason it's unconventional, getting to the edge rushers, uh, this is definitely a team that got it done by committee on the edge last year, which is you know certainly not a common thing. Uh, you saw guys like. You know, everyone from Nico Lalos uh, to Shawnee Zimenez to Lorenzo Carter all, all getting in the mix last year. Uh, they signed a Fadi Odenigbo, who had uh, flash 
flashed some in, in uh, the 2019 season as the fourth rusher in, in the Vikings nickel package, but um, was asked to step up and, and be kind of the primary starter at defensive end last year with all the changes uh, Minnesota had on the defensive line. Uh, he was a little bit overwhelmed in that capacity, but you know he's another good rotation player. So I don't think uh, O'Dunning is likely to move the needle for them, but it gives them one more depth piece. The guy who who could make a big difference is second round pick Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia. Some draft analysts really like him as, as a guy coming off the edge, and it certainly fills a very specific need for this Giants defense. So Ojolari will be a player to watch on the early film. Uh, a guy that I'm very excited to see how he looks. And then you've got uh, Blake Martinez rounding up this defense in the middle. Certainly, they don't have a lot of depth at, at the second uh, spot for inside linebacker. And if, if they were to lose Martinez, it would uh, be a big hole, um, be a question mark as to who, who would effectively fill that role. But not having the second um, linebacker is not a huge concern for a defense that really wants to spend most of their time in sub packages with all the safety options that they have. So, uh, you know, the Giants are a team that, I really kind of question the ceiling until we see more out of Daniel Jones. I, I just don't think there's enough around him in, in terms of the um, the scheme and, and the talent of the offense to really carry them uh, w without better quarterback play. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he progresses. Jones, you know, as I mentioned earlier, he's got some wheels. He's, he's a big guy. He can get the ball down the field. So it's not for lack of physical tools um, at all. It's just, you know, to me, he just needs to process the game a little bit cleaner. And that's uh, developing as a quarterback in the NFL. So it'll be very interesting to see how he looks in the early weeks this year with his new weapons around him. And, yeah, it's a Giants team that certainly has the ability to compete for the division. But uh, we'll see. Uh, it. It's going to be interesting to see how much better they are than they than the unit that they fielded last year. So, uh, to check out more of my uh, team previews, check out my website scubacfootball.com. You can also check out more of my content as the professor over at uh, Beer Life uh, Sports. And if you get a chance to uh, like uh, these videos, subscribe to the podcast or YouTube channel. It's uh, much appreciated. Uh, until next time, have a great day, everyone.